Welcome to the weekly podcast of Capital Outlook from Wyoming PBS. Capital Outlook is a weekly show broadcast whenever the Wyoming legislature is in session from Cheyenne. To learn more, visit us at wyomingpbs.org. With a new year upon us, the 66th Wyoming Legislature will gavel in for a short time on January 12th in Cheyenne. But this year's calendar for lawmakers will be different. Wyoming PBS sits down with the presumptive leaders of the 66th, that's Senate President-elect Dan Dockstader and Speaker of the House-elect Eric Barlow. We'll discuss the year ahead, the big changes in the legislative calendar, and the mountain of challenges currently facing Wyoming. Capital Outlook starts now. This program is supported in part by a grant from the BNSF Railway Foundation, dedicated to improving the general welfare and quality of life in communities throughout the BNSF Railway Service Area. Proud to support Wyoming PBS. This program was funded in part by a grant from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food and beverage products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. By a grant from AARP, serving the needs and providing real possibilities for the over 50 population in Wyoming. AARP Wyoming, proud to support Wyoming PBS and by Wyoming Humanities, celebrating our heritage, strengthening our democracy, and growing Wyoming's creative and cultural economy for over 50 years. Visit thinkwhy.org. And as we begin 2021, it's our pleasure to be joined with the presumptive leaders of the 66th Wyoming Legislature, Representative Eric Barlow and Senator Dan Dockstetter. To both of you, Happy New Year, and welcome to, back to Capital Outlook. Thank you. Good day to you. Thank you. And before we begin our discussion here on the legislative calendar and the priorities that you each will now have for the 66th Wyoming Legislature, I think it's important that you both offer comment, if you would, on what has happened this week in our nation's capital and, and indeed across the country. And I was taken aback just a, a bit, not by what was um, on top of the fold of the Wyoming Tribune Eagle this morning, which the headline said, chaos at the Capitol during election debate, Trump supporters storm building. But more chilling to me was a um, story about a, a, a protest that Dr. Barlow and I both observed personally that said, nonviolent stop the steal protests held in Cheyenne. But it was this speech box that was chilling to me that said, Congress must reject the electoral college. And if they don't, and if our representatives don't, we will and that's a promise. This is reporting by Tom Coulter of the Wyoming Tribune Eagle. I wanna give you each an opportunity to comment about what was a dark day in our nation's history. Dr. Barlow, your daughter observed the goings on firsthand as a, um, as a staffer for Senator Cynthia Lummis. First, we hope she is safe. What are you feeling this morning? Well, thank you very much, Craig, for uh, um, 
bringing this up and and thank you for thinking of my daughter and she she is safe and um and the staff of uh our all of our elected officials um, delegation were safe and secure um so thank you for thinking of her there um you know i just actually this morning i wrote a note to my house colleagues and um and to be clear personally i'm heartbroken personally i'm heartbroken about what we've observed um, and then when you go a step further, what I what I stated to my colleagues is, but let's be encouraged because we have a role. We're going to take an oath of office, and some of us already have, and some more are today, to serve in the Wyoming legislature. And in our roles there, um, we will obey and defend, support the constitutions. And we also have a um, an opportunity to, to make an effort toward doing the right things toward honoring each other and honoring the processes that we have before us that are embodied in that constitution. So I am hopeful, I'm hopeful, I'm heartbroken, but I'm hopeful that as we begin our work as a Wyoming legislature, the 66th Wyoming legislature, we will, we will grasp onto those, those two things, our oath and our civic um, responsibility to both honor each other and honor the processes we have. Um, so that, that's kind of how I tried to address it with my, with my fellow colleagues in the House um, this morning with just a short note. Senator Doxer, what are you thinking this morning? I'm sure you echo the comments of Representative Barlow um, in hopes that we can have a peaceful moment going forward. Thank you, Craig. Good comments from our speaker-elect. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, when we were, we, we actually have some media stations out on the west side of the state. We do something called a text-in topic. And we can always tell when we've hit a nerve because we have two big computer screens that just light up and we remind people don't text while you drive, but they'll, they'll pop in with comments consistently and throughout the morning on different topics early on before this. Uh, definitely there was a sway out here on the west side, the southwestern part of the state, to, uh, to have this heard at the congressional level. And uh, the change I noticed this morning after yesterday's events, it shifted. They viewed that the violence, the, all that happened in the Capitol is completely unacceptable. And uh, it was probably one of our darker days as a nation. Of course, the Wyoming Capitol yesterday was placed on lockdown. Do either of you have any concerns about the safety of your fellow legislators, of the general public, or others who might come to the Capitol to observe the people's business here beginning next Tuesday. I'll ask the people to show respect. We've got a process. We work very hard at making sure that all voices are heard on the floor uh, during discussion debate. Uh, we try to take public comment uh, throughout the process all summer long through the end term. As we work into this now and sort out all the details of this legislative session, we try to make sure people have comment and an opportunity to speak. I just would simply request that we have respect at the Wyoming State Capitol as well. Dr. Barlow? Yeah, and thank you, Craig, and, and my, my colleagues' words are very appropriate. The next thing I'd say is, is that, you know, we are, we are citizens just like you are. We are citizens just like the folks that we represent. We are a citizen legislature, and we, we travel from home to Cheyenne and back home, um, you know, weekly or daily if, if you're close to Cheyenne. Um, so we're a part of the community. We're, I mean, it's not like we're off in a far off land you know, making, making things up. We are, we are part of 
of this state of Wyoming. And hopefully with the processes we have in place that um, President President-elect Dockstetter talked about and just building relationships, we can get, we can trust. We can trust that we're going to do the best we can with what we have for the, the citizens of Wyoming. Um, it doesn't mean we won't have disagreements. It doesn't mean we can't, we can't discuss the issues, but we can do it in a respectful manner that respects each other and the institution. That's what's amazing about being in the 66th Wyoming legislatures. 65 times it's happened before. They handed us something. Let's cherish it. Let's take care of it all for all of our citizens, and let's pass it on to the next legislature to do to do their work, to do the good work on the behalf of the citizens of Wyoming. So, you know, be respectful to each other, build relationships. That's what makes Wyoming <clears throat> unique. We talk about Wyoming being a, a big, a big uh, small town with long streets. Um, let's make sure that we're talking to our neighbors. That's who we are. That's what legislators are in Wyoming. They're your neighbors. They're, I'm your neighbor. Dan is your neighbor. Thank you. Sure. And let's go to next Tuesday. Um, what's the schedule? What do you plan to have happen as you both will be likely elected as leaders of your respective bodies? What's What's the plan for the scheduling now, the 66th, as you know it today? Well, I think I'll start off with the uh, the 12th. Certainly the 12th, we are going to convene in a virtual setting. Um, as you know, we are dealing um, with, you know, a pandemic with COVID-19. It's it's being dif- it's difficult in many of our communities. Many of our families have, are uh, suffering the ravages of it. Um, and, uh, and, it's, and it's, you know, challenging businesses. It's challenging many things. But what we're trying to do is convene the business of the Wyoming legislature in a safe and respectful manner, um, considering that we have very vulnerable members of our body and a staff, et cetera. And then as soon as we can, and we're still working on this, we'll do, first of all, we'll do our constitutional duties on the 12th. We'll convene, we'll elect offers, we'll adopt rules and take some other necessary actions. And then we'll, and we're gonna work on this later today, President-elect and myself and more, um, we will, you know, set a, and I think in the next few days, we will have out a schedule for folks to anticipate what comes next. Um, And it will be, I think we will have a full session and some of it may be done virtually, but certainly our end goal has always been with President-elect and myself is to do as much as the work we can in person. Um, That may, that will take probably likely have a delayed It'll be at a delayed time, but we're not putting it off. We're not giving up on our session. We are going to do the people's business. It'll just be in a little different format, potentially, and timeline than what is typical. As we go to your comments, uh, Senator Docsetter, by full session, do you mean meeting for eight weeks this year? Is that what you mean by full session? And then can you at least tell us when you would expect to... uh, uh, you're working on the schedule right now, but are we thinking of a March start to this, an April start to this? What is rising to the top here today? We're looking at March because we have some in the ag community that needs to get out and make a living. And I've heard from them uh, on my side of the building, Senator Boner, Senator French, uh, we heard from them in, in public testimony. That is their life. That's how they make a living. And we got we have, we need to remember they're just an important part of our body as well. But one thing I'd only add to uh, Speaker Lex's comments is people need to realize we have been 
working this inside and out every way we can, all the way through the holidays. My grandchildren asked, why is grandpa always in the office? It's because I was with somebody trying to work out the details of this, speaker-elect or members of my body, our leadership team, and it was very time-consuming, and we're still bringing it all together as uh, we, we move into this week. And ultimately, I guess my biggest concern is not just our, our wonderful membership, but We've got great staff, and uh, we got we need to make sure that they're safe because that's not a deep bench. Uh, they're there and ready for us, and the scenario might be as such that uh, we move forward with our work, but uh, keep them as safe as we can in that process. Late last year, the Wyoming Taxpayers Association met in their annual meeting, and we have a short clip that I want to share with our viewers that you both have seen, and then I want your comments. Here's the clip because there's been a definite, um, I would say, disconnect um, between the House and the Senate on the ability to raise revenues over the past um, two or three years. Uh, the House has, has consistently passed some types of revenue enhancement bills um, and sent them on to the Senate, which, um, and the only one that has been successful was the lodging tax. Um, and, and that took about, about three tries for that to, to, to cross the final hurdle. And it took a lot of, of political will and, and, and education of, of all the parties and getting the various entities across Wyoming to be actively involved in it and provide the support for it. The same thing is going to happen this year. Um, the, I think the House will pass a revenue enhancement um, bill or several of them. And the question is, can we educate, can we work with our senators to, to, to come to middle ground to demonstrate that the need is real and that, um, and that regardless of a no tax pledge or not, uh, there, if we don't do something, um, we do not have the capability to cut $700 million out of education. Um, we'd be, we'd all, uh, it'd be overturned by the Supreme Court in, in, a, in a blink of an eye. Um, just this morning, I got an email from the, the state Republican chairman, or I, I was copied on an email from the state Republican chairman about a, uh, uh, I think it was an op-ed or a, uh, some kind of opinion piece that he has released uh, where he's coming down and he's talking about uh, writing for the brand. And, and in there, he talks about the need and the importance it is for all Republican legislators, people who call themselves Republicans to follow the uh, Republican platform. And one of the planks or one of the platforms of the Republican, of the, the Wyoming Republican Party is no new taxes. Uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, the, the vast two thirds of our body will have had four years of experience or less. So a couple of those have, are coming out of the House, but most of them are just new to politics and, and new to the legislature. So I, I think as you look about that, as, as much as we would like to uh, find ways to diversify and expand and, and otherwise uh, move the, move the, uh, our revenue streams around, I think it's going to be a very, it's a pragmatic point. I think it's very, very difficult for uh, us to, uh, for, for senators or new, newly elected senators or newly elected House members for that matter to come down and in their first session, they, they take office in their first session before they know enough and have enough confidence in what they know to, to vote to raise to raise revenues. I think that's gonna be just I think that's just gonna be very difficult from a very pragmatic point of view.
Representative Barlow, first to you. Do you expect the House, as Sen or excuse me, as Representative Nicholas suggests, to pass some revenue bills this session? Well, thank you, Craig. So I, certainly the House has to take up any revenue bills as a constitutional requirement. All revenue, you know, questions start in the House of Representatives. Um, certainly, we, I have numerous colleagues that um, are hesitant or even resistant to the revenue questions and suggestions that may come before us. But I hope that through this, through the process, and this may be a multi-year process, um, that we can actually become better informed, educated about what our revenue challenges are, what our what our sources of income are as a state, as government, and then what we support with those. Because people really do have to make choices about the level of service they want and what they expect. Um, and I think when we start making, you know, we're going to have cuts in this in this upcoming supplemental budget. There's going to be cuts. The senator and I are already hearing from some of those programs that are that are receiving those cuts. And these are folks in our community receiving services, whether they be elderly or disabled um, folks or whatever. These are real, it's a real thing. Take K-12, you know, how do you, how do you pare back K-12 in a meaningful way and still um, have an equitable and adequate education that's required um, of us? Um, and so I think that there will probably be some um, revenue um, bills, tax bills, if you will, that are proposed in the House. I think the House is, you know, justifiably needs to take a hard look at them. One, it's our responsibility to initiate them, and two, we will. At the same time, just so we're on the same page, it's hard for some people to look at the LISRA, the Legislative Stabilization Reserve Account, the Rainy Day Fund, and say, we're still putting money away, and now we're wanting to raise taxes. So there's a, it's a big discussion. And I, I don't, I mean, you know, we've done some small things. The, uh, the uh, we, we've passed some different taxes in a couple of years, the, uh, tourism type tax couple uh, last year, et cetera. So we've done some incremental things, but as far as a big tax reform type thing, to me, that's multi-year. Um, it's building relationships, it's building coalitions, it's building understanding of where we are. And then, and based on what we know we need for services and what we believe we want for services and need, and two, where our revenue sources are. So I think we'll have the discussions, but I think, you know, there'll be probably limited Limited things go forward until people, both people, both my colleagues and the citizens, we better understand where we are. Senator Docksetter, do you um, recognize the need for the House to work with the Senate here? And do you recognize any need at all as we speak today for additional revenues? Yes, we do. And I just like to note, uh, hearing from the people uh, on a daily basis, it's not just email, they get a hold of the phone, the phone number circulates. And I came out of the Hoback the other day and was... Uh, headed up into Jackson. I had a phone call that started there and didn't drop and all the way into downtown Jackson and still sat in the parking lot, continuing to hear a person's concerns. And that's what that's what we're doing. We, we're listening. But it's very difficult right now. I don't think people totally realize just the, the, the problem the, fa the state is facing. We've had all this great mineral economy. I kept saying it the last few years, we're seeing this downturn, this downturn. And it was part of why I, I opposed some of the, the spending projects last year. I says, Aside from COVID, we didn't even know about that yet. We had this mineral downturn that just wasn't turning around. And so the Senate felt, and I, just speaking in general terms, the Senate felt like it just, it just wasn't safe to step out there and, um, 
and add more taxes or more revenue when what we really need to do is take care of our cuts first, take care of that. And as far as as we do this, and I think President Perkins in that video pointed this out, two thirds or have four years or less experience. This is a we're moving people into some heavy lifting in their early legislative careers. And they have to thoroughly investigate the budget first and understand it and understand their constituency and then understand where they're going to be on budget cuts and where they're going to be on raises. To both of you again, happy new year. Um, what a year we have in front of us, what a year we have behind us. And I look forward to, to working with both of you here as, the, as whatever the session looks like comes into focus. So thank you very much for joining us here on Capital Outlook. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have a quick visit with the minority leadership. That's next. Stay with us. And as we continue with this first capital outlook of the season with the members of the now 66th legislature, I'm pleased again to be um, welcoming uh, Representative Kathy Conley and Senator Chris Rothfuss, both minority leaders of their respective bodies. So both of you, welcome back to Capital Outlook. Hi, Thanks, Greg. Greg. Great to be here. We visited with the majority leadership just a moment ago, and I am curious as to how you think your upcoming session as we visit today on Wednesday um, before this airs is, is going to map out. Um, we know for sure you're going to be um, gaveled in for a day on January 12th. What's next? Well, Craig, still it's a, it's a bit up in the air, um, but I think that we are all committed that we want a safe and healthy session. And that means in particular for our staff, as well as the legislators and the public that is attending. So we're all keeping our fingers crossed that a vaccine will be available and available soon to us so that we can get inoculated and have the session as much in person as possible. Because we all, there's a couple of things. We all recognize that kind of doing the people's business often involves like sitting down and, and talking to someone, running into them in the hall, jumping up and going over and asking for someone's view, tweaking your own ideas. You can do that a whole lot better and differently than you do on Zoom, right? So we want to be together. We want to be in person. And we are hoping that that will be sooner rather than later. So what is sooner rather than later? Is that March? Is that April? Is it mid-February? What, what do we know? Senator? Well, that's a great question. And there are a lot of interests uh, that I think diverge when it comes to the actual timeline. In my view, May probably would have been an excellent month uh, when you start looking at the rollout schedule for vaccinations. Uh, there's concerns from the agricultural community and certain legislators that they, they need to be active and working in May. So there's a, a desire to try and, and beat that timeline and, and get things wrapped up in April or potentially even March if possible. I don't know whether that's realistic or not. So we're really going to have to see that schedule and we're going to have to understand when uh, the vaccine is actually available. And I think we'll end up making that decision a little <clears throat> bit later in the spring. Earlier in the episode this, this evening, we showed a video of the two now chairs of the um, Joint Appropriations Committee. Of course, that's Senator Drew Perkins and Representative Bob Nicholas. And you have now seen that video as well. And I'm curious about your thoughts about it. Give you a little moment to reflect on it. Have you, have, 
either of you changed any positions relative to the need for the state to really look at revenue, st revenue streams since the governor now has released his budget and now the Joint Appropriations Committee has kind of parsed their way through it? It's really just more urgent now than it was before, realistically. So I wouldn't say my position and, and our caucus's position has changed in any way. Uh, we've known really for the last decade that this moment was was going to eventually uh, reach us. And, and then it was unfortunately expedited by the the economic hardship that COVID brought upon the state. But the reality is there's been no doubt that we would end up having another economic downturn uh, due to the uncertainty of the mineral industry, as well as the decreasing demand for coal in particular. Uh, so here we are. We know that there's no possibility of us using <clears throat> resources that we have available to meet our budget needs for a sound budget that actually protects the programs that are dear to the people of the state, protects education, keeps it whole. Uh, there's no alternative. Uh, we, we keep talking about this idea that we can cut our way out of it, but you've been around for quite a while as we have, Craig, and, and you know that each and every year the legislature has come back in and attempted to make as many cuts as they can. Uh, there's there's just not a lot of fat left, if if any. Uh, we're, we're down to the bone at this point, and uh, cuts hurt people at this point. Each and every cut will hurt somebody, some constituents, somebody in the state of Wyoming. And the only alternative at this point in time is, is significant revenue increases in diversification. And arguably the legislature now is even more conservative than it was a year or two ago. Representative Connolly, what are your thoughts today? Uh, Craig, you know, I, I echo Senator Roffus's comments and I'll even go a step further. Um, I was really disappointed with the governor's budget. The governor took the rhetoric of we will cut, we will cut our way out of the financial issues that are before us. And I agree with, again, the minority leader that people will be hurt. That budget will hurt people. They will, it will hurt our community. It will hurt our neighbors. It could, it could be hurting individuals that we know. And instead of taking the road of we absolutely need to diversify our revenue streams, we can't, we have a three-legged stool and it's based on severance taxes, sales taxes, and property taxes. One of those legs is out right now. It just is. And that our first priority in my mind should have been, what do we do to replace that leg of the stool? Because as you know, four years ago, we cut state services to the bone. We did the penny plan. We cut, we cut, we cut. There's little, if no fat. And so the governor's budget and then the JAC reductions to that budget go much, much further. Filming this on Wednesday, as we speak, the Capitol is been taken over, quite frankly. What are each of you thinking right now about what this has meant to our country. Craig, it is. This is an incredibly disappointing time for our country uh, as we see really the breakdown of our democratic institution in a way that uh, we haven't seen certainly in my lifetime and, and uh, in much longer uh, periods of time. It, it's disappointing, disappointing and disheartening uh, to have a, an administration that was willing to embrace division uh, and mislead constituents. Honestly, Craig, I've been disgusted and disturbed, but I agree with Senator Rothfuss. It's been after four years. We shouldn't be too surprised because this has been called for, but it appalls me. 
The session opens Tuesday, um, January 12th at noon. Um, we will bring our viewers live, the governor's message to the legislature, that's at 2 p.m. on Wyoming PBS. So to both of you, best of luck with this upcoming year. Um, you have a lot of work in front of you and we look forward to visiting with you again. Thank you, Craig. Thanks, Craig, appreciate your time. This program is supported in part by a grant from the BNSF Railway Foundation, dedicated to improving the general welfare and quality of life in communities throughout the BNSF Railway Service Area. Proud to support Wyoming PBS. This program was funded in part by a grant from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food and beverage products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. By a grant from AARP, serving the needs and providing real possibilities for the over 50 population in Wyoming. AARP Wyoming, proud to support Wyoming PBS and by Wyoming Humanities, celebrating our heritage, strengthening our democracy, and growing Wyoming's creative and cultural economy for over 50 years. Visit thinkwhy.org.